Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that if released in physical form would come with a warning label my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're combining two of my favorite things heavy metal and horror and talking some of the horror themed classics from the big four of thrash metal but before we get into that gang let me remind you where you're part of the phenomenally frightening phantom podcast network phantom and you can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your metal hole. I was wondering where you were going with that. There are <laughs> many places you could go, so I'm, right. I'm glad you went classic metal. <laughs> the horns were raised. Yes. Uh, but if you are, before we get into listening and kind of educating genius, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, <laughs> if you are in the Kansas City area, man, and you are a fan of horror... There's gonna be some good shit coming Holy, up, man. Yeah, my goodness. So uh, Kansas City. So this is actually this episode is gonna be released October 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Screenland Armor at 10:30, guys. Hey everybody, how's it going? Actually, no. Screenland Armor. Would thou like to live deliciously? Oh, thou wouldst like. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? There is mm. a screening of the witch. The witch. Yes. No, but at Screenland Tap K. Uh huh. What was that again there? Hey, how's it going? There we go. Hey, what's up, JC? When you're driving home from the witch, be careful out there. Because who could be out there? Christine. Yes, she could. Uh, 1030 Screenland Tapcade. I'm hosting. Uh, and are, are you going to be there? Yes, I am. We are hosting a screening of Christine, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen in a while. It's going to be pristine, Christine. It should be. And I show up early for a custom pre-show, of course. And then the Kansas City Horror Club, my goodness, Mm -hmm. it's about a week away now, right? Exactly. What are we talking about? We're talking about at the drive-in night. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait. We're showing Monster Squad and the original OG Halloween with the horror swap and shop right before it. It's $10 a carload. So bring the friends, bring the family. You're going to have a good time. Um, Make sure the doors are going to be at 5 o'clock. So, movie's going to start about 7-ish. Next movie's going to start about 9-ish. We're going to go on all night. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So, come on down. Check it out. It's going to be the best way to really kick off I know, the just, month of October. Exactly. And there's so much other good stuff in October, too. And so, yeah, there is the next Monsters Ball, correct? Mm-hmm. October 7th, the next week at uh, the Prohibition Hall. We're having Monsters Ball. Four bands. Automatic. Uh, counterfeit. Vibralux and Full Metal Z, the zombie cover band. Uh, it's going to be an awesome show. And we're raising money for the Walking and Rolling Foundation, which what they do is they, for free, they go to kids with special needs, like in walkers and wheelchairs, and then they customize their walkers and wheelchairs to be like Halloween costumes and cosplay costumes. And it's like some rad shit. That's, they did the TIE Fighter, correct? Uh huh. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I was, that's, that's a horrible thing, horrible thing to say. I was kind of jealous because, like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. That kid was going to be the envy of all of 
of his peers, man. Big, uh, they got him like writing Big Hero Six. They do like the the Toothless Dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. There's all kinds of stuff. They even made one like of the Iron Throne. That's so cool. And they do it for free. So we're doing. So that's what we're raising some A money for. Very him, so. good, legit, yeah. worthy cause, man. So make sure you come out. And what is the theme? The title there? Dream Warriors. It's gonna be our third Monsters Ball. So number three, fucking Dream Warriors, man. You can't go wrong with that. So that is gonna be on October seventh, and mm-hmm. then October twentieth, gang. Mm-hmm. Our third uh-huh. Nerdoween Horror Marathon, man. Yes. The third year we're doing this. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. The theme is anthologies, and we're. Ah. So it's going to be Friday, October 20th. We're going to start 7 o'clock. It, uh, then it's going to be three films. Mm-hmm. And you again, you don't, you don't know, know what it is. I so mean, it's a mystery. It is. And so $10 at the door, guys. Uh, the tickets will go fast. So make yes. sure you're checking that out. Um, and we were, we're always going to have a good time. Bring your best costume. We will mm-hmm. have a costume contest. Mm-hmm. All the goodies in between. But then on October 25th, this is the one that... I am yes. beyond excited for because mm-hmm. if you've uh, if you're a horror fan right now you've heard uh, Adam Green is doing his Rolling Road tour mm-hmm. where he is touring his newest entry to the Hatches franchise Victor Motherfucking Crowley man that's what should it be called it should be called Victor Motherfucking Crowley it's kind of like when you're listening to Slayer you have to say fucking Slayer <laughs> <laughs> a little preview of the big four there uh, but no so Adam Green will be in attendance at Screenland Armor on October 25th at 7 o'clock get your tickets quickly yeah. and then we're going to be doing the Q&A afterwards mm-hmm, so. and I'm beyond excited to talk to him because I'm a fan of the Movie Crypt podcast and if you've ever listened to the Nerds of Nostalgia you know I drew a lot of influence from kind of disclosing a lot of the stuff I was going through at the time mm-hmm. because of Adam Green. And so, again, I'm not going to like Chris Farley on him or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just it's going to be a really cool moment. So yeah. come and check it out, gang. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I just But, you know, Shocktober in general. Through, There's a lot of great stuff through in Screenland, Yeah, through Armor or Tapcade. There are uh-huh. so many good things. So check them out. Um, it's going to be a great, great October. And we're actually going to be lining up some of our episodes in anticipation of some of those events. Mm-hmm. For example... Because we're anticipated. So. <laughs> one of the episodes we're going to be dropping in October is we're going to be programming a fictional 24-hour horror marathon mm-hmm. in kind of celebration of our third annual Nerdoween. It's a celebration. <laughs> and we will be celebrating. And actually, we were kind of talking off mic originally just in terms of putting that together. What are the rules? What it's are, kind of daunting, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in it terms is. of so much to choose from, because we'll we'll give you a little tease here. Uh, it's going to be all 80s. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the era we grew up in, right. the era we know best. And so a little tease there. So that one actually will be released on October 20th, mm-hmm. the same day of the third annual Nerdoween Horror Marathon. Oh, I'm so excited. I am excited for that one. Uh, but we do... Offer We uh, have a segment here on the podcast called What's the Score, mm-hmm. where we kick back and we listen to some of our favorite horror-themed records. And again, this is a segment we do every now and again. If you want to check out podcasts that do this on a regular basis, the From and Inspired by podcast, the the Damn Fine cast, all great examples. Check them out. We're mm-hmm. kind of a little lo-fi here with what we do. <laughs> but uh, I recently did a little mini-episode uh, minus Genius, which is a little weird doing. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But it was all about heavy metal horror soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And so this entire episode that we're recording right now was inspired the other day. 
I was cleaning the house, and normally I listen to podcasts uh-huh. while I clean, uh, but for some reason I needed a little something different, you know, a little different spice in life. Right. And so I threw on some of my old metal records. And as I continued to listen more and more, the less I was cleaning to the point where I was just listening and not cleaning. And I was like, oh, man, I just started like finding connections because I was kind of looking at all my old metal records. But because we are in anticipation of October, I was looking for all of the good horror themes of them. And so um, heavy metal and horror, they just work so well together. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at in terms of the the album covers right. of any metal band you know if you're going through a good metal section it almost would be like when you would go to the horror section in your VHS yeah because the album covers sell the gruesome shit they sell you on everything that's there there are some hardcore gruesome horrorcore album covers in heavy metal i'm telling you that the um painting from devil's candy should be a metal cover that is crazy truly and a great heavy metal horror current flick that recently came out that plays great with the crowd yes it does uh but you even look at like the song titles uh the song the contents of the song all sorts of horror found in heavy metal Mm -hmm. okay so that being said the big four of thrash metal so if i say thrash metal does that mean anything to you genius uh heavy and hard heavy and hard absolutely Uh so thrash metal uh, basically, it's it was a response to the hair metal scene. Okay, if you want to even go to jazz, like bebop, the, the jazz, the jazz music with the hippin and the hoppin and the bippin and the boppin. Eight minutes in, folks, that was incredible. <laughs> we were just talking about we haven't had cosplay in a while. But bebop was a reaction to like the swing, and they yeah. wanted to create something that was more intricate and difficult to play to kind of separate the two. And that's what thrash metal was. It was a reaction to hair metal, and so they started playing things faster, more intricate. It was very difficult to play, and out of the ashes, if you will, arose these big four of uh-huh. the thrash scene, and. People will argue, no, that's there could be other people, but they are labeled the big four. And so in alphabetical order, they are Anthrax, mm-hmm. Megadeth, mm-hmm. Metallica, mm-hmm. and Slayer. Okay. Are you familiar with those? Yes, I am. Okay, excellent, excellent. They're, they were probably the ones that are the most influential in thrash metal, just in terms of longevity, uh, popularity, the, 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 the quality of albums and so forth. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that kind of rise of the crop right what we're going to do here is we are going to pick a song a piece from each of the big four that deal with horror whether it's you know again a horror movie uh-huh. a horror theme anything along the lines okay and i'm also going to throw in three wild cards wild card bitches yeah because why wouldn't we right 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 and so we're going to listen to a s- total of seven songs here and again we're educating genius here and mm-hmm. because i grew up <laughs> the education of genius mcgee i'm telling you that sounds like a showtime after dark you know like the, the, the this awakening is, this is something you rented behind the beaded curtain <laughs> right <laughs> we're not going to get completely dirty here uh but no it's basically an opportunity to really show how well these two things go together because again growing up a little metalhead. I was raised on horror films, and I was introduced to metal through our first entry. And the first thing we're going to listen to, it's going to be our first wild card. My goodness. Uh, if you, and if you're going to talk about the big four, uh-huh. you you can't talk about them without mentioning this band. Because uh, their DNA is all over the big four. Like the dirty joke, like you... <laughs> right. The, the, the Black light. Exactly. You're blind. Yeah. 
This is a band that we devoted an entire episode to over at Nerds of Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. They were my entryway into metal. And it was a good thing I was a horror fan already because when you look at their album covers, you can't help but be entranced. And of course, I am right. talking about Iron Maiden. Right. And Eddie. Eddie, yes. Eddie. Yes. Uh, all of the album covers done by Derek Riggs, and he's the one that really brought them to prominence because had I not been initially entranced by the Number of the Beast album cover, and it was so dark looking, it looked, it looked scary. Uh-huh. And you have to keep in mind, I was raised Catholic, and so the whole satanic scare and the whole like ties to metal music, Oh yeah, I was very aware of it. And that was something you would hear in church. And I went to church every week. Mm-hmm. I was an altar boy, okay? So I was kind of like living in sin, listening <laughs> to metal, okay? The, the devil's music. Yes, I mean, it was a dirty <laughs> thing. Finding my kind of like the gateway from mate into maiden, it was a very revelatory thing for me. And again, listen to the nerds of nostalgia for that. But with looking at the horror elements of Iron Maiden in a song I wanted to look at, I originally thought to listen to it's called The Wicker Man, mm-hmm. which is what do you think based on the bees? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, you can go uh, Hammer, you can go Christopher Lee, right. or you can of course go Nick Cage. What about the bees? Not the bees. Not the bees. Yeah, it's a great example, but the one I wanted to start with because I think it's appropriate because it's off of their first album, and because I think it's kind of the essence of Iron Maiden mm-hmm. uh, is the song "Phantom of the Opera," which fits because the album cover is super Phantom of the Opera. I mean, like, and it is a song. It is a song based on the Universal horror monster Phantom of the Opera. Nice. That being said, the horror element of it is the song title and actually then the lyrics themselves. Mm-hmm. But what set itself up really sets it apart for me in terms of the song is the the musical content, the on the all the instrumentals that's going on. And what's great about this song is it kind of plays like a horror anthology because oh, nice. it's nice. got multiple it has multiple like different sections, different time signature changes. And that's the thing that you're gonna hear throughout all of the big four, all the influence from Iron Maiden, the horror elements itself. Because Iron Maiden, I mean, they they embraced horror elements. Uh, they were they had the album that had the warning on it, and that was Number of the Beast. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. So again, delicious fruit, basically. <laughs> and so we are going to listen to Phantom of the Opera. And again, it's going to give you a really good idea of what you're going to hear throughout the rest of this episode. I'm going to play this one a little bit longer than we will the other clips, but I just want you to get a taste of Iron Maiden. Right on. Get away from my grave. 
keep your distance, man. Walk away. Don't take his bait. Uh, I swear, I still get like boost, goosebumps when they get into the, the twin guitars playing like that, man. Ah. Uh, uh. Dude, that was right as shit, man. So that is totally the essence of Iron Maiden, just in terms of the crazy, the changes in time signatures, the tempo, the twin guitars, the the if it's good enough to play once, repeat it. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of that, uh, and I love them for it. Yeah. I just they're just such a fun band. They're very it's not aggressive. Like if you think metal, you know, a lot of the times you but it's not at all because no. So this album, this is a live version, and it's got Bruce Dickinson on vocals. Mm-hmm. So the original vocalist on this one is Paul Diano, and he wasn't with them. Paul, Bruce Dickinson is the when they got him, they blew up basically. He's really made kind of the uh, the song his, uh, but I had the chance to see them live just this year, and they just blew me away. It was incredible that the fact that they're now in their fifties and sixties, and playing like a thirteen minute long song, it was pure indulgence. And it was fantastic and wonderful, and I was all the better for it. So, yeah, it was a fantastic thing. So you're going to hear all of that and then some in this. You can't help but, like, just nod your head, bob your head, man. It's It's, it's super valuable. It's the galloping bass by Steve Harris. And the vocals, man. It just... It's pretty fucking epic. Right? Right? ah, Yeah, so a lot of this... Now, that being said, was that your first time hearing that song? Yes. Awesome. And I think a lot of these are going to be probably first time listens for you. Mm-hmm. So you know how when we're always, when we host things, we're like, who's here you're seeing this for the first time? Right. This is kind of, again, the educating genius element that I'm excited to see here. So our next track we're going to listen to is going to be our first entry from the big four. And it's actually the last of the big four that I got into. And it was based on two things. Mm -hmm. First thing was, I mentioned it before, and it has a huge effect on my listening habits growing up, but I was raised very Catholic, okay? And secondly, the reputation that this band had was legendary from their fans. And let me tell you this. Again, I was a metalhead in high school, Mm -hmm. but I was kind of on the lower tier of the the hierarchy, if you will, because there were some of them that were on the upper tier, and they were the Slayer fans, and they were the scary ones, man. Like, <laughs> like I don't think they would mess with me, but on a bad day, they would, regardless yeah. if I was a metalhead or not. Like, they were kind of – that's how I always saw Slayer. And so <laughs> so they were kind of like uh, street toughs of metal, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and you know my aversion. This, this, this is our territory. Like, yeah. Okay, sorry, dude. I'll headbang over here. Thank right. you. And again, I was a very fledgling 90-pound mulleted metalhead, okay? I was very pathetic. And so the music was all I had. And so Slayer, I was scared of. I really was. I right. was afraid that if I listened to them, I would summon Satan. Well, shit, that, that's the satanic scare. I mean, that's you couldn't help but hear of Slayer, man. Oh, you, you, so you heard of Slayer, correct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like we, like we said, you turn on the TV, and all this rock and roll with the Slayer and the Ozzy Osbourne saying they are damned hell, you know? I mean, just insane. Plus, look at the cover, man. That's, that's hell. That is hell, is it not? That's hell. My initial entry point was I was watching Headbangers Ball one Saturday evening. With Matt Penfield? No, no, that was an uh, alternative nation. Oh. Oh, that's right. I, uh, I, I, this I, is uh, <laughs> Matt Penfield, favorite band, uh, Needle Q-Tips, uh, JFKFC, uh, Flavored Enemas. <laughs> no, it was uh, Ricky Rackman in this day, and Slayer's War Ensemble came on, and I was I was scared because I was like, oh, my God, this is Slayer. What's going to happen? I, 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 I'm not joking. I initially muted it. 
Is that is that embarrassing to admit? It's like it's not going to come out of the TV like Shocker. I, but I, I, I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> well, you know, Shocker had a very metal soundtrack, mm-hmm. so I was already initially attracted to that. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna actually gonna b- work my way into this, if you will." So <laughs> I just I, the tip, just the tip. It looked me in the eye. I hit mute, but I immediately turned it down really low. Uh-huh. And now you have to understand the video; it's black and white. And Slayer is a really fast band. I mean, they are aggressively fast, uh, so much to the point that they're scary sounding. In fact, for a lot of people, they're nonsensical. Okay, so keep that in mind. So the video, they're flailing back and forth, and I'm just like freaking myself out. But I'm, I'm. I'm a horror fan. Uh-huh. I kind of want to. What am I missing? Here, right, right. What's going on? So I start raising the volume up little by little. It's like the equivalent of peeking through your fingers, looking at a horror. I movie. really was. I yeah. truly was. And so I finally got to about mid mid volume. I'm like, oh, you know, it's actually not that scary. They're just talking about war. You know, war's hell. Okay, I can appreciate that. Uh-huh. And so I buy their album, Seasons in the Abyss. The obvious horror connection that we should play is from that album. It's a song called Dead Skin Mask. Okay, yeah, I, now, can, I can see the horror in that. <laughs> I'm just going to let you, what do you think that one might be about? Oh, I don't know, a leather face. Okay, it's based on Ed Gein, ah. who, of course, <laughs> that scene would actually still work, I think, yeah. rather than Goodbye Horses, if you put on Dead Skin Mask, <laughs> because I told you Slayer initially is very, gla- very fast and aggressive. Mm-hmm. This song, they're very slow and sinister. Uh, and uh, the riff itself plays out like almost like a John Carpenter riff. Okay. Okay. But ultimately, the most really horrifying thing is at the end of the song, you hear this little kid in the background going, Hello. Hello, Mr. Gein. I want out of here, Mr. Gein. It's terrifying, right? But we're not going to play that one, okay? <laughs> because in true horror fashion, there was a legendary, and again, I mentioned the reputation of this band. Mm-hmm. Their album, entitled Rain and Blood, was of legendary status. It was the thrash album of 1986. It was the one that changed, basically that kind of created death metal in many ways. Thrash, death metal is an offshoot of thrash, right? Mm -hmm. You have these Cronenberg-type connective tissues. (laughs) Tendrils. Yes. Some oral squiddly diddly. Growths, if you will. Right, right, right. right. Listen to, just listen, (laughs) side one of the album here, uh, read off the the song titles, if you will. Side one, Angel of Death, piece by piece, <laughs> necrophobic. Okay, and then go to side two there. What do we got? Criminally insane, reborn, epidemic. Okay, perfect. Now, sounds like, you know, children's programming, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine this. Much like my first entryway into Slayer was muting them on the TV, I buy the CD, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm in my room. I've got the lights all turned off, right? <laughs> and I have a little, it's a little portable <laughs> CD boombox. Uh-huh. And I've got the seat, I've got the, the CD on now. For some reason, and I don't know why, I didn't think of having headphones. So I, I didn't have headphones on, so I had it. And if you want the optimal Slayer experience, you need to listen to it loud. Uh-huh. But again, uh. my Catholic upbringing... The reputation of the band, the reputation of the people that like the band. You wanted nobody to know. I was scared, man. I was legitimately frightened of what was going to happen when I listened to this album. Okay, because I, you know what? I even listened to their album South of Heaven. 
Okay, and I got through that, right? Right. Because that was the album before Seasons in the Abyss. So I finally make my way back to Rain and Blood. And so there I am. I'm probably 13, maybe, or 14. Again, 90-pound mulleted kid. I'm just picturing like a nun busting out of the closet. Naughty! And uh, punish. punish. Shame. And then just like whoo, disappearing. Honestly, that's not far from it because you have to, and again, you have to imagine I've got like probably like a Motley Crue t-shirt on. I'm on my waterbed, okay? Your killer dwarves in it. I, oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't confident enough to wear a vest then, but I still rock. Well, and again, I'm not rocking out. I'm actually scared at this point. So I'm listening to it. The volume is super low, okay? I mean, really low. Mm-hmm. And so I get through the first few songs. And like you said, you know, piece by piece is not about putting together a puzzle. Right. Well, maybe kind of a human puzzle, if you will. <laughs> Frankensteinian. And I finally get to the track we're going to listen to, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is the one that, my, this one frightened me. This is the one that really made me challenge. Like, I, I this was kind of like my first level of adversity as a metalhead in terms of seeing through what you see up front and uh-huh. what is really actually beneath everything, right? The song is called Altar of Sacrifice. All right. Okay. All right. I'm uh, digging it. So, I'm digging it. And again, just the, the start of this song, the drums on it, mm-hmm. everything feels off. And there's a point of the song, and we'll, we'll get to it, that it just ultimately changed who I was for a while. Uh, but my God, it was, again, this was, for me, it was a true horror moment. So let's enjoy a little Slayer's Altar of Sacrifice. <laughs> I almost shit my pants. <laughs> I was so deathly afraid when they hit the point of talking about Satan. Enter to the realm of Satan. Learn the sacred words of praise hail Satan. I would have rather have been walked in on masturbating than been walked in on listening to that music because I was so petrified of that. And as it turns out, I finished the song. 
Now, the, the next track is called Jesus Saves, <laughs> and it's not about the goodness of the church, unfortunately. <laughs> so, little Catholic metalhead Greg, man, is just being pummeled by Slayer, even though it's at a really low volume. Keep in mind, right. this, the album ends with the song Raining Blood, <laughs> which is, it ends with the craziest, like, cassophonous sound like jungle noise it's intense it sounds like something is being summoned actually and it then ends and i sat there in silence for a while and i remember this distinctly because it was so horror inducing and everything just gets more menacing as the album goes along and then you end with that and i sat there and i sat there and i looked around and i looked in the waterbed making sure you know it wasn't bubbling or anything you know right. Sa- satan hadn't been summoned i made it my way i made my way through and i realized okay you know what it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm good. And it's really funny because I ended up with a thing like a Slayer silk banner hung in my room with that pentagram on it. And my <laughs> folks were cool with it because I explained, I was like, I know it's all gimmick. It's an image, man, right. you know, uh, but it, it's very much a horror theme because if you listen to the lyrics in that, it's straight from Race with the Devil. <laughs> I, and, and that's a film you need to check out if you haven't seen it. It's this 1970s, uh, again, satanic scare flick with Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. It's it's. <laughs> It's as good as it's a recreational vehicle versus Satanist. Nice. It's phenomenal. And you get that in a Slayer song. It's awesome. So all I I could just yeah, no. I was watching this unfold and I could just I just saw your face and then all of a sudden I I could just picture in my mind's eye like Satan literally coming up and yelling at you and then like the walls melting and you just like ah! just like and I'm just seeing this like <laughs> crazy Catholic guilt because I right. built, I built so much up of this in my head and it was and it was it was paying off man I mean it yeah. was like it was scaring me right it been scary to the point where you're like holy shit this, and, really can summon shit and i was fine with the song piece by piece and it's a gnarly sadistic s- song but i've i'm so used to horror imagery but man this thing delved into the, the catholicism. catholicism in it yeah it's like watching the exorcist when you're a catholic right Ooh, scary stuff welcome to hell yeah uh, I... so yeah so now that being said in terms of the music itself could you discern what was going on uh i was just until the well yeah you, you punishments for being in hell like you're being your shit's being sewn into you and things and and you know what honestly i i just i'm a very visual person i'm just visualizing everything going on and it's pretty hellish and I'm, i mean in in the best way possible they actually have a song called hell awaits <laughs> and there's a moment at the beginning of the song where it gets this great little bit of a kind of a, a driving when you get a little bass drum and it's like dun, 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 dun. one particular night it started to, the night it started to storm and the sky was this really off green looking color and uh-huh. i had that on and the combination of all three of those things it triggered me and it got me scared. Yeah. So that's the beauty of Slayer is not only do they talk about straight horrific things and there's, you know, reference in horror movies, but the music itself is scary. And but it was also my uh, introduction to Dave Lombardo, their drummer, who is out of his mind. Amazing. Hmm. He's the guy that kind of uh, really hyped the the bass, double bass drum and all that kind of good stuff. So. So quick tangent really quick uh-huh. about being scared oh, yeah. no, about no, no, no. something. Um, the. F- I, I had a song scare the shit out of me, and it was a fucking Moody Blues song of all fucking things. Which one? I don't know what it was because I'm not a big Moody Blues Blues fan of that much because it scared the shit out of me. It was no, it was one of the. It was I'm driving, I'm lost, I'm lost, and I'm in a wooded area. So one, I'm already nervous. It's like midnight, 
And you, you okay, you do not walk on grates mm-hmm. because of Chud. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Wrong Turn at this point? Oh, yeah. I'm, so you don't want to be in a wooded area. I don't like being wooded area in the car in the first place, let alone I'm lost and all that. So I'm sitting there, and it was like White Nights in White Satin or something. But the song is over, and then it was like, Thereupon you are lost, you shall fear death, for it shall be coming for you. It was one of those like very chanty things at the end of poetry. I thought the song was over, and they're fucking yelling satan's coming at me but it's like sounds it's probably peace and love but it's like i'm just hearing these stick i'm like holy shit satanists are coming because when you're in the woods lost it's that's where satanist. they get you it's the satanist i've talked about it before uh bane's crossing there yeah. in like lewisburg kansas that's the i've told the story before but if um anyone's first time here there is an area back where i grew up that was out in the woods and it was a series of caves and then there were these little roads that intertwined with the qu- the caves but it was rumored that that's where all the satanists Exactly. All their sacrifices. That, that's where all they all in the weird little nooks and crannies of the people forest. would find bones. And they would be in the, like the <laughs> shapes of a pentagram. And of course, this is all hearsay. But we would go through there and we would blast Slayer, hoping that we would be cool with the Satanists. Bla- Again, I got to the point where I was blasting Slayer, and I am glad you got to hear that the first time very loud mm-hmm. versus the first time I got to. But this is going to lead us to the second. Holy shit! Of our Big Four, and I'll say this: I was a fan of the Big Four in high school, so I was into all these guys, mm-hmm. but. We're going to tonal opposite feel from Slayer to this band. In fact, this band is the thrash as Wu-Tang Clan is the rap. Because the guy, five guys in shorts, man, uh, these guys are nerds. They're fanboys. They're probably the most fun of the big four fucking Anthrax. Right on. And that Anthrax, uh, he, the big one is ian scott ian right yeah with the the big long beard exactly you uh, people know him Mm -hmm. people know him outside of the thrash world Mm -hmm. because he's a huge horror fan he was a he was actually got to be a zombie on the walking dead nice frankie bello and charlie bianate the drummer they're all huge fanboys they're nerds okay well this looks like the preacher off poltergeist too, right there indeed it is yeah uh so because i'm smart (laughs) God is in his holy temple. He's not a good man. That's, that movie holds up thanks to those special effects, man. Steve Johnson and those guys, gory, gory, gory. But Slayer has a song about Ed Gein. Uh-huh. Anthrax, they have a song about John Belushi. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Their song NFL is about John Belushi. So that kind of gives you an idea of the tonal difference between Slayer and Anthrax. Uh-huh. But they have multiple songs about Stephen King properties. Nice. Indeed. Uh, one of the songs, Skeletons in the Closet, is about App Pupil. Mm. And the selection that we're going to listen to is from, and it's, you know, it's app that we're going to talk about, Anthrax and Stephen King, just in line with the success that it has had, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal at yes. this point. And the fact that Anthrax is directly referenced in the movie It this time around, which is great because of their ties. Mm-hmm. And so the song we're going to listen to is off of one of my favorite albums of theirs, uh, Among the Living. And we're going to listen to the title track, Among the Living, which is about Stephen King's The Stand. Ooh. So now, Ooh, okay. let me, let me okay. throw that one okay. out to you. With The Stand, then, uh-huh. where, where do you stand with The Stand? I love The Stand. I've actually read the entire thing, front to cover. I've watched the movie, M-O-O-N, that spells moon. I mean, I, I dig The Stand. 
a lot. I'm glad to know that you're a fan, so I'm actually uh-huh. going to make sure you have the lyrics here so you can s- read along here because this song is very much, I hopefully, because I've never read The Stand, I saw the miniseries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so I'm not as intimately familiar with it, so I'm curious then your perspective on this, but keep in mind, this is the band that also has a song about Judge Dredd. Nice. So I, these, again, super geek. Now, well, this like, is, like, I am the law yep, or, yep, I or am the, law. The, the ska guy. That <laughs> Judge Dredd. Hey, I was a huge, oh, good Lord. I know, right? I know. Wait till we get to that one there in the, the, the 90s version here. But no, what we're going to listen for here, not only with the lyrics, but Anthrax also very totally different from Slayer in terms of tone, but also style. An Anthrax mosh pit you could have fun in. A Slayer mosh pit you could die in. Slayer okay? sounded more, uh, very aggressive. They were very, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthrax, they were very self-deprecating. Um, again, they were they were the ones that they were the reason I got into Public Enemy. Actually, surprisingly enough, yes. So eventually, we're going to be able to do you know the the horror right. rap thing here eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're going to listen to again the title track here of Among the Living, which is Among the Living. <laughs>
kind of gives you a little idea. I'm the walking dude. So what'd you think of that one? No, I dug it, dude. I dug it. I could see it. I could see like Captain Trips just destroying everything. And I liked how they put it from the perspective of Randall Flagg. Right. But yeah, I dug it. So, I dug and it. What I love, it's just Anthrax has like two things that I really love about them. Number one, in terms of kind of the influence of Iron Maiden, is Steve Harris is the bass player of Iron Maiden. And he's kind of, for me, the driving force of them. Mm-hmm. You can always hear the bass prominently in Iron Maiden. And you can also hear it in Anthrax. And then also is Joey Belladonna's vocals. Of the big four, I think he's got the best vocal range. So again, kind of similarities throwing back to Bruce Dickinson's mm-hmm. vocal range as well. But ultimately, it's all about the fact that it's just nerdy shit yeah. that they put into a really kick-ass song. Oh yeah, that song was the shit, dude. Their side one of Among the Living, uh, it's Among the Living, Cotton Amash, which is a fantastic song. Um, then there's I Am the Law. Mm-hmm. Then there's NFL, which is the one about uh, John Belushi. <laughs> and then A Skeleton in the Closet, which is against Stephen King. <laughs> so it's insane how much they, cr- how much nerdy shit they crammed into. But they've always been that way. In fact, one of their recent albums, they did a song called um, Fight Until You Can't. And it's all about what you do in a zo- zombie uprising. <laughs> nice. And they've actually had a really good resurgence here as well. And I got to see them live not too long ago and blew me away. Nice. It was it was a great time. So we're going to go to our next wild card. Wild card, bitches. Yeah. And <laughs> much like horror fandom, uh, metal fandom also has those guys out there that say, well, there's the big four. Well, then what's the next big four? Mm-hmm. And so forth. Or if you had to replace one of the big four, who would you p- replace it with? Right. And a lot of people think that this band should do that they're in that status and this is actually a band i got to really late in the game mm-hmm. uh, i was aware of their existence uh, i knew alex skolnick was like the most amazing guitar player you'd ever hear uh, i knew the song souls of black but that's all i knew of testament and so yes no so testament is one of those outer t- tier thrash bands mm-hmm. but has a huge following but i was late to the game and so I did a blind buy of this album called The Legacy. And it's their it's their intro major label debut. And it's one of those albums that, again, I came to it late. I would say I probably 10 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, literally, really late to the game. And, man, having listened, because I don't remember the first time I've ever heard Anthrax. I remember the first time I heard Iron Maiden. I remember, you know, Slayer. But with Testament, because it was so recent, man, I had that experience of hearing something so old for the first time Mm -hmm. with just kind of my older ears. And I was like, God damn, where's this thing been my entire life? Because it was so good. And it was so, and I was like, okay, I need more of Testament. And so the reason we're going to introduce them here is they've got two songs on this album. And let me ask you this. Would you consider songs of ghosts and hauntings horror? Absolutely. What are some of your favorites in that genre? Uh, House on Haunted Hill, um, Poltergeist. Oh, very good. Um, I like you've gone old school, kind of new school. Well, I, I guess technically Poltergeist is now also old school. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. I do dig Amityville, old school one. Did you ever watch The Changeling? Um, about with George, the, about George the, C. Scott? The With the kid switching one? Or is that the... No, that's that's the omen. Oh no no no! The switch. No, I don't think I've seen the changeling. I it has It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's Maybe. one of those again, a good haunting tale. It's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's good stuff. And uh, very the, gothic. And the atmosphere in those films, I think, is kind of what sells the dread. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in terms of the dread because the song we're going to listen to is so sinister sounding 
that again I got the goose pimples when I heard it the first time. Mm, I'm looking at the some of the which one? Okay, we are going to be listening to the haunting. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, number one again, just listen to how sinister it sounds. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, again, in terms of the Iron Maiden influence, the repetition and so forth, uh, but also just the really cool intricacies of the riffs, okay? I, this was, it was such a great revelatory experience listening to it for the first time, so I'm happy to share it with you here. So we're going to listen to Testaments, A Haunting, We Will Go. that not sound like we're summoning something mm-hmm. right through the gates what do you think of that one i dug it it's it's again that just that one when it hit me initially just so sinister and again we i left out a little bit of the solo of alex skolnick because again the dude's just very melodic just love the intricacy of the song and again the sinister sound now the next song on there actually it's called burnt offerings which the uh, old Christopher Reeves movie, the 1976 yeah. film. Technically, that doesn't have a tie in terms of the lyrics, but it does share mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. But the song itself is very sinister, and I'm not gonna lie. We're gonna listen to just. It's very rare in life anymore where I will drop what I'm doing to just start air guitaring, because I'll be <laughs> honest. I'll be honest. I prefer the air bass. Again, I'm a big Iron Maiden listener, but when the main riff of this song hit the first time I listened to it. I started air guitaring just uncontrollably because it had such an Iron Maiden feel. So think Maiden when you eventually get to this particular riff of Burnt Offerings. All right.
still get chills when I hear that, man. Dude, that just, one is rad. It just has that <laughs> I that one. melodic Iron Maiden gallop mm-hmm. to it, right? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I that's a that's a powerful song. And then that Chuck, that one's that one's dope. Chuck Billy, the vocalist, then actually <clears throat> does the vocals with the 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 riff. It's mm-hmm. it's really rad. Uh, burnt offerings there. That one's, no, yeah, I dug that one, man. And I again, I got a chance to see them live also, and some of their most recent output is still really good. Uh, Dark Roots of the Earth how is old phenomenal. Of, how old of a band are they? Oh my God, these all of these guys have been around since the eighties. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're still producing good, relevant material, and they all still, every band that I've, we've listened to yeah. is still putting out really good material and still touring, and I've had a chance to see uh, basically all of them at this point. They still put on a hell of a show. Maiden running around, Bruce Dickinson surviving throat cancer, running around the stage like a madman, still sounding great, just makes you feel lazy watching them. <laughs> <laughs> again, the Catholic guilt comes back at me to bite me again in the Shame. ass. Shame. <laughs> but uh, we're going to actually then go to our next of the big four, and to me, this is arguably the biggest of the big four. Mm-hmm. Of course, we are talking about Metallica. No. Like, I, I, yeah, everyone knows Metallica, Metallica right? Uh-huh. You, you know Metallica. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. everyone knows Metallica. And there's a reason they rose at where they are, and that was the Black Album. In fact, so how do you know of Metallica? I used to hear them uh, going to school, like uh, Street Toughs, Metalheads, yeah, and Dustin, <laughs> Dustin, and a couple of friends. We would like all carpool and shit, and like one of them would have Master of Puppets, right? Yeah. Okay, so and I got to, I kind of, I didn't get to them late in the game. Obviously, I've been a big fan of them forever. Originally, I would have probably preferred to put uh, the song of Wolf and Man. Mm-hmm. In terms of the horror elements, because uh, that's actually on the Black Album, and it's it's a song about a werewolf, mm-hmm. and it's got a line of shape shift. It's corny and great. We are limited to what I have here on vinyl, but thankfully and fortunately, we've got a really good representation of horror and the Big Four here because the third track on Master of Puppets, it gets into the Lovecraftian ideas, the thing that should not be. Mm-hmm. So Lovecraft, in terms of that in your horror films. Oh yeah, you can't get more horror than Cthulhu. Right? Yeah. In well, fact, well, they, like tentacles they have stuff. a song called The Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu and it's on their Ride the Lightning album. Actually, that would have been a really good choice. Nice nice call, genius. Great minds. <laughs> but no, right? Think of like John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Very underrated film. Deals with the Lovecraftian horror. The things that we should not be able to comprehend. Right. The old ones. The yes. dark ones. Which is a very frightening concept. And it's even the concept itself is supposed to be the thing that drives you mad. Mm-hmm. Which Just is the mere s- the thought and sight. Which is, I think, why it's been hard to bring that on screen. Mm-hmm. Because, again, w- how do you make what is not supposed to be there. Right. <laughs> I mean, that in itself, it's inherently impossible, so you go as gnarly as you can. Mm-hmm. And in fact, actually, the K&B did all the practical work in In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, all the all this, <laughs> the old ladies turning into monsters oh, and, and the backwards people. No, And I know a lot of people, I know it has a good following out there, and I know a lot of people say it's really the last great Carpenter film, and yeah, I can I can listen to that argument. Uh, but it is a great it's Carpenter film. It's still a great film. Carpenter film, And yeah. also, let me tell you what, we have a chance, uh, we're going to add, but we're getting to get see him live. Yes, yes, that's right. We're going to go see, hey, how's it going, everybody? So if you're in the Chicago area, hit us up. We're going to be there seeing old mm-hmm. JC. It's going to mm-hmm. be uh, Dustin, myself, and Genius here. Yes. Uh, so please say hi. But yeah, no, I had I had a chance to see him last year in Dallas. He originally was supposed to play Colorado. That venue canceled. Mm-hmm. I had that week off. I was the only one that did. 
and I begrudgingly went by myself, but I was like, I can't pass that up. No. And we almost ran into the issue of me not being able to go. And I was like, if I can't, you have to go. Yeah. Because I was like, you're not going to miss this opportunity. In the Mouth of Madness, the title track mm-hmm. sounds so good live because it's such a rocker because mm-hmm. it sounds exactly almost like Inner Sandman, uh-huh. which ties directly back to the thing that should not be. <laughs> nice. Uh, say we can do this occasionally here. Six degrees of Jason. It does work nicely. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and we're, now. Here's the thing with this particular album. This one really has a lot of hissing and popping on it. So you're gonna get the really good vinyl sound on this one. So my apologies, but you know what? For a song this righteous and dark, it doesn't get any better. So mm-hmm. let's uh, try to see the thing that should not be.
in madness you'll dwell. In madness you'll dwell, genius. <laughs> if the thing that should not be should get you. It, it did. It, it did. did. I did. So it, I what's, dug it. what's interesting with that particular track is in terms of the placement on the album. So the first op- the out al- the opener is called Battery, mm-hmm. and dude, it is super fast, super aggressive, crazy out opener, right? Master of Puppets. You've probably heard Master yeah, of Puppets. Yeah, I, I know. And about Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets is their ode to Iron Maiden. It's such mm-hmm. an Iron Maiden song. But when you get to the thing that should not be, it's like. I like uh, Hatfield's growl and that. It's like, and it's, yeah, it's, I like that. I it, like it. So, and yeah, and that's what it is. It's, it's such a slower, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's, slow. it's a slower grind. It's it, like the thing that should not be in that album, dude. Uh-huh. It is. It's, 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 it's really good. It, it starts off so odd just in terms of the time signature. And again, mm-hmm. kind of an Iron Maiden feel. It almost feels like something is creeping up on you. It does. It it's, does. I Yeah, that's a good one. And so the other thing that is in terms of horror and Metallica is Kurt Kamet. Mm-hmm. He is such a horror nerd, and especially like a classic horrors. Uh-huh. He's got these custom uh, like Boris Karloff guitars, these Lon Chaney guitars. Nice. And he's huge into the memorabilia, so he's like a hardcore collector. And so you can imagine a man of his wealth mm-hmm. has some s- amazing shit. He's and he's and he's such a nerd. He's and he's very. Did you ever check out the um, the documentary Some Kind of Monster? Um, which one was that? It's the one where you actually see Metallica go through therapy. Mm-mm. Holy shit. Do yourself a favor. Watch it. It's fascinating. But Kirk Hammett, he's, you know, as the lead guitarist here, that little dude there, mm-hmm. uh, he's such like, it's you see Lars and James fighting back and forth like parents, and you can just see him like this lost child, just so distraught over it. And he's just like, guys, I just want to jam, you know? It's, it's very, there's a lot of pathos to the film, actually. And it's very fascinating because... You see, like a very bad side of that band, and for them to al- allow that and put that out, I thought was very impressive, mm-hmm. because it does not put them in a positive light. Uh, but again, they're still putting out and producing oh, yeah. really good material. Uh, I saw them on the Death Magnetic tur- tour, and I actually I left before the encore because I was too tired. <laughs> <laughs> it was really horrible. I had seen them before that, so fortunately that wasn't the first time I was seeing them. But I was like, man, I'm getting old because I was also <laughs> I was up in the kind of the cheap seats. So the sound was really off. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, it's time to go. So. Fortunately, all the other get out of here for parking <laughs> and get this validated. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so that's going to lead us to our last wild card of the episode. And this is another band that I got too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another band that I knew their importance in the realm of thrash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metallica took Kirk mm-hmm. Hammett from them. Yeah. Uh, right. So uh. a little intrigue there. I knew their song, uh, The Toxic Waltz. I knew all that. But I didn't know the back catalog of Exodus. <laughs> I, again, a blind buy, the album Bonded by Blood, mm-hmm. which we can see here. Now, what would you say in terms of the album cover here, my friend? It's like a weird Siamese twin basket case angel demon thing. I yeah, dig it's it. It's got a Frank Henenlotter feel, right? Mm-hmm. And it's appropriate in terms of horror because it is truly horrific. This is something that you would see on a VHS cover. Right. Like, <laughs> I'd want to see this movie. Would yeah, you? Exa- exactly. Exodus, born evil. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, the back cover was good. It would probably be amazing if this is what we got on the front cover there. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm listening to it for the first time, and the opening out the number is Bonded by Blood, the title track, and it just blows me away. The first riff hits, and it's one of those moments I immediately start air guitaring. It was just, I was, in a, I was like, God, where has this been all my life? Again, experiencing it for the first time so late, but enjoying it so much more. 
And so having a great time, enjoying everything. And we get to this particular, and here's the thing. They have like songs or lyrics in their album, sorry, uh, that where they're talking about coming from Satan, writing on Baphomet. Like hardcore, crazy imagery. <laughs> right. <laughs> so had I heard them back in the day, it probably would have scared that's, me. That's old school. <laughs> that's, that's going to old school. It's very epic, right? Mm-hmm. You, you could see uh, Frank Frazetta doing a cover with something like that. Mm-hmm. Rising from the depths. <laughs> and then we get to the last song on side one there, and it's a song called Piranha. Mm-hmm. As in James Cameron's Piranha? J- as Joe Dante, actually, technically. However, we'll throw the, the spawning in there as well. <laughs> but absolutely, that franchise and monster movies in general mm-hmm. and again now when you hear this this is really some hardcore thrash and the the singer and i've actually left these two singers at the end for a reason because they're kind of the most polarizing of, for a lot of people mm-hmm. but no this song is a hardcore about when piranha attack people it, righteous it's, it's it's got a great catchy uh chorus to it mm-hmm. it's got a great little bass that where you just dun, 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 and you're just pumping your fist along but it also is all about the movie Pir- Piranha. Piranha. So your thoughts, actually, how long has it been since you've seen Piranha? It's been a long time. It has been a spell. So- okay, that means we need to do a the, rewatch. The last Piranha movies I saw were the remakes. With the 3Ds? Mm-hmm. With our boy from uh, High Tension. Yeah. Bo- uh, yeah, both of them. Mm-hmm. One and two. So. I never I never saw that. I've seen enough of trailers and memes and so forth that I'm pretty sure I get it. I heard it was very glorious and over the top. I dug them. I dug the first one a lot. Uh, and, and it's been a while since I've seen the old school ones, but I remember digging those too so when they came out mm-hmm. now i and i i remember the uh, the old school ones myself because that whole f- f- craze just in terms of what jaws technically spawned <laughs> right. quite literally orca and like all kinds of crazy shit orca messed me up because you know the scene you have to in terms of when he goes up and he basically bites bo Derek's legs off yeah you remember <laughs> and when also when they they spray her little undead fetus off the boat <laughs> Do you remember that in Orca? Uh, no, I don't remember that Okay, one. you probably then phased that out because it traumatized the hell out of me. <laughs> Actually, just talking about it again, it's like, The Ugh. shame down comes out again. <laughs> shame. Actually, yeah, again, again, the Catholicism there bites me go. in the ass every <laughs> goddamn time. Like a piranha. a little bit of exodus there man like <laughs> you can't help but have fun with that mm-hmm. 
in terms of the fact that he calls them Loki's pets. <laughs> he was they're utilizing Loki way before the no, MCU came out, exactly. man. Exactly. The the Norse fish god Can of you mon- see? mischief. I was just picturing like literally like all, all the piranhas coming up and eating some shit up. Brought up to waste mankind. <laughs> Straight up horrific, beautiful. And that's what I love about Exodus. They are so much fun. They have crazy, gnarly gritty gory songs basically um in fact they're there when you go back and you actually listen and you read along with a lot of these lyrics mm-hmm. if you just take them on face value with the songs they're awesome but out of context a lot of them are really silly <laughs> i went back and listened to rain and blood one time just reading the lyrics going along with it because i know it very well but some of the stuff is said so fast that it's indecipherable. Uh-huh. So you read along, and I just started giggling because it just is so over the top and comical. So a lot of these guys always had a sense of humor about themselves, but the thing in terms of the thrash always was the musicianship. Uh, they're all so goddamn good. And speaking of the musicianship, the final entry of our big four, man, uh, these guys, if it wasn't for Metallica, we would not have this band. And what I mean by that is the fact that this band was formed because Metallica, throughout the <laughs> our lead singer, lead guitarist, and rhythm guitarist by the name of Dave Mustaine, of course, talking about the band Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Now, have you heard Megadeth? I have heard of Megadeth. I have uh, Symphony of Destruction. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of prefer Megadeth over Metallica. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the top for me of the big four. And it's precisely because of the precise level of instrumentation and musicianship that is employed by Dave Mustaine and his musicians. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, a, one of those surgeons that thinks they're God. <laughs> they're, they're Alec Baldwin in the movie Malice. I'll decide who lives or dies. You ask me if I have a God complex. Let me tell I you am, something. I am God. <laughs> they, they are that level egomaniacs in terms. But let me tell you, they have the chops to back it. And they were also the band I got to late, not late, um, but I saw them the first time on Headbangers Ball, mm-hmm. and it was a song from this album, Rust in Peace, and it's uh, the song Holy Wars, The Punishment Due. It's actually really interesting because the song references The Punisher from the Frank Mar- Castle. Yeah, Frank Castle. It's, it's pretty rad. But um, now, if I had the album, um, and it's actually probably my favorite album from Megadeth, Peace Sells But Who's Buying, we would listen to the song The Conjuring. Because it's also a song that is very sinister. Mm-hmm. Kind of think of, again, think back to Testament. Right. And it's another one when I heard initially, it kind of brought back that Catholic sinister, am I listening to something dirty again? Yeah, summoning evil spirits. But alas, I don't have that. So, I, and I actually, what we're listening to technically is for many people better. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If I throw out the word aliens, mm-hmm. do you qualify, do you cross that, do you consider that horror? just throwing out out I'm just throwing out the word aliens yes okay okay now because I would I would actually say yes as well Uh Uh, did you ever get to see fire in the sky Ooh, yes that's horror that's, that's straight up horror. That's horror. That's that, that, that's some that's some horror shit. Well, interestingly, you know what? There's that whole debate now, just in terms of people saying it's not horror. That whole that if it's a good movie, it can't be horror. That's horseshit. Anyway, exactly. But this that's one of those films I think that a lot of people don't want to qualify as horror. No, but it is a it's scary shit. And I never had a fear of alien abduction until I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. And actually, a hor- true story. I had seen that movie and probably, again, this is in high school so I had probably just listened to Slayer or something and I was going to bed and I had seen Fire in the Sky probably a month or so before 
but a transformer blew out <laughs> in the sky out in front of my window and my curtains were closed. So all I just saw was this just huge thing of light. And I was convinced. I was like, oh, shit, here it comes, man. Like, they're getting me. Yeah. They're getting me because of that movie. It's so scary. Do you remember when we were driving to Chicago and the thing went, pew, that green light just went straight down? And we also drove by the empty barn as well, correct? <laughs> yes, the creepy barn. Yeah, no, there's, see, there's, a, there's a reason I'm quiet during those road trips because I am eyeing the sky <laughs> to make sure. Because when you're going someplace like that, there's a lot of dead roadways out there, man. <laughs> what time is it? Nine o'clock. No way. I thought it was yeah. two. <laughs> Damn, we lose an hour? What happened here? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Uh, and actually, did you ever see uh, Almost Human? Yes. With Joe the, Vegas? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That had multiple, did I just see what I saw moments? Mm -hmm. like, a lot of weird diddly lumberjacky gooiness. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gooey lumberjack. And then even think, can't alien. Yeah, of course. Of course, right? <laughs> Xenomorph. The secret slasher movie that mm -hmm. it is. So mm -hmm. good. Okay, good. So the song we're going to listen to deals with aliens, okay? And it's a song that is pure guitar masturbation. It's, <laughs> and I also like this one because much like uh, our opener, Phantom of the Opera and the horror anthology, this one kind of has multiple parts as well. Uh, in fact, we're actually going to close out with this particular song. Uh, so that being said, man, Gene, I hope you've had fun with this. I have. Uh, it's been a blast listening to these with you. No one, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these are your first time. Uh, guys, again, we're listening to these on vinyl. Please support physical media, exactly. digital downloads, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but have have a good time. Listen to your favorite stuff. What's your favorite metal um, horror based songs? Mm -hmm. You know, tweet them up at us at Nightmare Junk, uh, downrightcreepy.com, and all that. So until next week, gang, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs>